hello and welcome back to Fathom with Nathan. And uh, just wanted to share a little bit more today about something that's been increasingly impacting my life, something that the Lord's been doing in my life since November of 2021. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, thank you for joining. Thank you. If you've listened to any of the previous episodes, um, I just want to say thank you for taking time to do that. This is really just a meant, meant to be for the body of Christ and to encourage people to get closer to the Lord. My, my heart in creating the podcast is that we would all grow in an ever-increasing relationship and in an ever-increasing revelation of the Godhead, of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What an amazing opportunity we have to be able to know God and to seek Him and to do His will and to know Him forever, not just in this age and then in, in the age to come. So, uh, thank you for joining again. This is episode 26. And um, today I just want to walk through a few steps um, that uh, kind of lay out the the framework of belief that I have concerning something called I Am Life Monastery. So back in November of 2021, um, I went on a uh, 30-day meat fast and... Um, it was two days into the fast and I just continued to hear the word monastery, 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 like off and on all day. And when I say here, what I mean is that there's a phrase that's being repeated in my mind, but it doesn't, it's not coming from myself. Um, for those of you that hear the voice of God, that it's not anything abnormal to you. If that's not part of your current experience, it can be, God can speak to you. <clears throat> and that's what I'll be speaking about today. So this concept of I am life monastery, uh, came really, I think is just like a gift from the Lord to me so that I can help others become obedient to their call to get away with the Lord. You know, there's a lot of people in scripture that, that got away with the Lord. I mean, even if we go back to Genesis, you know, the Bible says that, that God was walking in the garden, in the cool of the day, there was a sense of of um, beauty and serenity, and there was a sense of um, closeness to God and a proximity to His voice that was always meant to be in existence. It was never meant to not exist. But when sin entered into the world, then that relationship was broken. And uh, God still took care of Adam and Eve. But every single generation has had the opportunity to hear from God, but not every generation has taken God up on that opportunity. If you read all through the Old Testament, a majority of it is really just God trying to speak something because he cares about his people and the world. And if they would but listen and obey, then things would go well in, a, in, in accordance with his sovereign will. There was a gap between the Old and New Testament and uh, that time, that intertestamental period where it was there was silence and there wasn't really any strong prophetic word going on for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, I believe approximately 400 years. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, John the Baptist bursts on the scene and he's called a voice in the wilderness, preparing a way for the Lord. Uh, John the Baptist and Jesus were related and... Um, God had a special calling on their life. Well, John, John's calling was different in that he had to get away from society at large to do the will of the Father for a season. And uh, his calling was unique. 
Uh, we all know this if we read the scriptures. This is nothing new. Jesus himself went out into the wilderness and fasted 40 days and 40 nights. He had a season of being with the Father, of being away from society at large, whatever term we want to use, and going away, waiting on the endowment of power from on high. And the scriptures say that after that, he came out and he started preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And miracles started showing up and people's lives were changed. Demons were cast out. People were healed. There's a lot of different times also in scripture where people have set time aside and then God brings them revelatory experiences. So, you know, we see Peter, he went up on what, you know, we believe to be the roof of his house and he was meditating as the scriptures say, and he had an open vision, open vision, meaning he saw things with his eyes as his eyes were open and it was a sheet uh, uh, being brought down from heaven. So that, that is an important um, example of, you know, spending time with the Lord, meditating on him, that the Lord can bring revelatory experiences. If we move uh, forward a little bit in the New Testament, um, to the end of the New Testament, to the book of Revelation, which should really be about, you know, John's revelations. It's the book of Revelations, plural. John had been exiled to a place called Patmos, and he was a political prisoner, basically, uh, for his religious beliefs because they couldn't squash him. Basically, they couldn't they couldn't stop him from preaching. He survived, as the Christian tradition says, much persecution, and he almost became a martyr, but he survived. Well, he's out there in this place called Patmos, and you know, all of a sudden, he starts having this experience. He wasn't in a synagogue. He wasn't in a church building. He wasn't in fellowship with other believers. He was not at the local Bible study or the cell group or the home group or the life group. He was by himself. And um, so there's something to certain seasons in time for certain individuals that God calls them to step away. Or if they are even forced to be away from society, that God can speak to them and use them and look at history. Uh, the Bible's the most sold book in all of history. And um, it's being published in languages all around the world. Look, John didn't know that that was going to happen. All he did was spend time with the Father. And the Holy Spirit brought him these revelations. So we really don't know the fullness of what God can do unless we give him the opportunity to do it. Uh, my guess is that he was already in alignment with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in his heart. And that alignment combined with his, you know, um, willingness to hear and his willingness to obey, we have the book of Revelation and we have this amazing drama showing God's ultimate victory, Christ's ultimate victory over the earth. Well, but that happened because someone was listening. So with all of that said, I just want to step back a little bit, you know, for this kind of monastery idea to exist, uh, which for me is not attached to any religious denomination. It's not attached to the Catholic church, which, uh, is the predominant, um, I guess, um, organization that most monasteries are associated with. Um, and it's also not associated with any kind of Buddhist, uh, monastery. What this is, is basically the vision guy game is basically to have a place where people can go spend time with him, 
away from society at large for a season so that they can become aligned with him and hear his voice and do his will and then go back out into the earth and to do his will. So it's a temporary season where anyone that's 18 years old or older, male and female or a widow can come and spend time with God, be in fellowship with other believers, be away from society at large, take two, three months off in the summer, go to a property. And uh, part of that will be relaxation, but really it's it's all about hearing from God. But I want to back up just a little bit, you know, for any of this to kind of make sense, we have to believe a few things. So as a Christian, I believe that there is one God and in the Bible it's described as he is described as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, you know, for this mission or vision to exist, we have to actually believe that, that God exists himself. We also have to believe that, that God wants to speak to people. And that's what I went over already. He spoke in the Old Testament. He spoke in the New Testament. We also have to believe that Jesus has the right and the authority to declare what is expected of his followers, just like he did with the disciples or with those that he encountered, maybe the rich young ruler. Those that interact with Christ and, and progressively give their full heart to him want him to have more and more and more and more of, of their heart. And in doing so, they go out and they say, God, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to hear, whatever you want me to say, however you want me to operate, that's what I want to do. Like the scriptures say that, you know, the one that finds the treasure in the field, they go and sell all that they have so that they can buy that field and go get that treasure. And that treasure can be, you know, a few things. It could be the kingdom of God, as, you know, some people might believe, or Christ himself. because all treasure comes from Christ anyway. So I I really view that scripture as not just the kingdom of God, but Christ, the treasure himself, God himself. When When we're really sold on this idea that God is for us and he has been willing to save us through the person of Jesus Christ, then our hearts grow so fond of him, so in love with him, so willing to give it all up for him that we willingly in our heart We sell all of our belongings as an act of faith in our heart. And we say, Lord, my possessions are yours. My time is yours. My relationships are yours. And in that progressive surrender and that progressive selling off of everything that we hold near, all of our belongings, our money, our checking account, savings account, our dreams, our hopes, um, everything that we have, even our children, we give it all over to you, Lord. And in that place of ultimate surrender and abandonment, he has a clean slate to work with. He has a heart that is open and willing to hear. And in that kind of atmosphere is where God begins to speak. It may not be what we want to hear. or maybe something greater than we've ever thought of. But first of all, God has to exist. We have to believe that Jesus can decide the calling on men and women's life. And it's my personal belief that there are certain individuals for a certain period of time that are called away to a certain place so that they can spend time with him. Um, I could be wrong, but in Western society, I don't know that that really exists. I know that there are places you can go to have retreats. There are are ministry schools that you can go to. And I'm open to being corrected. I just don't know of any, any place where you can actually just go and live. Or you could just go and take a break from working the nine to five job or working the three jobs 
or get away from the family that is persecuting you for a little bit and, and go and live on a property in nature with the Holy Spirit. And so my desire is to follow God's will in creating a place where people can be obedient to God, following God's call on their life to get away with Him. And that, that I have such a strong belief about that. My, my role is not to go and to be like the people on this property. That's not what God's wanting me to do, at least not right now. What He's wanting me to do is create a place where people can go and spend time with Him, where they can hear His voice, where they can get maybe their heart healed up and cleaned up and they can have their, God can sift through the psyche, their psychological aspect of their life and their, and their mindsets and their mental pictures and their emotions, maybe and restore their health and to be in the spirit of God and the presence of God and to hear God's voice, maybe have visits from angels. You just never know what the Lord can do. And in that place, in that desert place, maybe even, you know, you step away from a season and Satan tries to bring temptation into your life, but God is faithful and he calls you out of that desert place. Just like he used John the Baptist in the desert to be a voice. And he used Jesus after the, after the time in the wilderness to come out in the Holy Spirit and in power. That is the kind of place that I want this to be. Where people are saying, I, I'm, just, I'm looking for a place where I can get away with God. Where can I get away with God? Where can, I, where can I go to spend time with him? To get away from all the noise. To get away from all the social media. To get away from all the... the the clock in, clock out, to get away from the pressure of bills and jobs, even for a season. There, what, what I'm saying is that there, God is hearing certain people's hearts in this. He's seeing, he's seeing that they want to get away with Him, and He's seeing that that it's not going to look like regular society. But people don't have a place to go. But God wants to create a place for people to go. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to to develop and to put together the nonprofit. Um, which will be a 501c3 and to be able to raise the funds, raise the capital to be able to purchase the land, to develop the property, to develop the buildings so that people can come and live there so that they can be obedient to get away with God. That's my heart in this, that people can get away and be with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for a season. There's another dynamic to this that I think is also important is that God specifically, I believe, wants me to create space for widows. Maybe you've um, been recently married and your spouse died, or maybe you are an elderly woman and you're all alone and you really want to get alone and away with God for a season. Um, maybe you have no place to go. Maybe you have to sell your house just to have money, but you have no place to live. My heart is to follow the Lord in this and whatever he wants to do to create space for people. That's what, that's what I'm wanting to do. So, uh, right now there are two ways that you can connect with this vision and mission. Well, there's actually three, two on social media. One is I am life monastery and that's on Facebook. And then also there's the website, which is www.iamlifemonastery.org. That's O-R-G. On there, you'll see a mission, a vision, a little bit of the history of, of what has happened so far and where we're going, our capital campaign. And in the future, there'll be opportunities to give. But if this is something that you you think that you're interested in doing, please reach out to me. You can connect with me uh, on the website there by filling out a form, or you can uh, just go on Facebook and send me a message through Messenger there, or just post something on on the Facebook page, and I'll I'll do my best to respond. Uh, 
thank you so much for listening. I just want to share my heart in that. So first, we must believe God exists, that God speaks, that Jesus is the voice of the Father on earth, and that he can call those whom he wants to have the calling to step aside, and that it's important to him, and that there are also people that actually have a calling on their life to step aside for a season, for a brief time period, maybe a month, maybe six months, maybe even a year for some, to step away from society, to do no work other than the seeking of the Father and His will. Thank you so much for listening. Again, this is Fathom with Nathan. And uh, please reach out. Don't hesitate. Don't be afraid to reach out. Send me a message. Even if you're not sure if it's something you're interested in or you have more questions, just reach out. We'll just have a conversation. And uh, I'll do my best to answer any questions you might have. Thank you so much. God bless.